Hi everyone, you're going to love today's episode. I am talking to Andrew Guido, a building biologist, and we are talking about something I'm very passionate about, healthy homes. This is Homes on Homes, the podcast. Andrew, welcome to the very first Homes on Homes podcast. This is great because we're right at Improved Center and there's like, how many places in here? Which is great to educate people. Come on down, buy some flooring, buy some taps, buy some sinks, and all the best of the best, which actually makes me excited. So people are gonna be walking around saying hi to us. And uh, I understand you are a building, what do you call it? Biologist. Biologist, so is that like doctor? I, I, I'll say that, but I don't think everybody else will. I actually love that. I feel like I'm a doctor, too. When you call me Dr. Holmes, I actually do have two doctorates. Actually, a guy at Harvard um, said that designers, contractors affect your health more than your own doctor. I'm going to agree with that. One more or another, whether you're renovating your home, especially if it's an old home, you, know, you can lead in the paint, uh, asbestos in the plaster, all kinds of... I tell people, don't open things up unless you've checked it if your house is built before 1980. And the truth is, is 1985 was the real cutoff date. Anyhow, your whole goal of being a biologist is about a healthy home, correct? That's correct. So. That is pretty cool. You are building a house right now in Toronto. Is it done? No, we're just in a design stage and it's in Little Italy uh, slash Trinity Bellwoods right in downtown Toronto. Okay. We're really excited by, this will be our first home. Um, so this will be a great opportunity to test some new technologies, test some new systems and see if we really know what we're doing. So tell me a little bit about this. You're gonna focus on indoor air quality, number one. Number one. Products, it's, number two. Yes. I'm right now assuming. Yes. And anything else? Yeah, for sure. We're going to be uh, doing um, purified and filtered water because uh, the water we drink affects our health mm -hmm. with what we're doing. And we're doing circadian rhythm lighting, which is just a, a fancy way of saying light that changes its color and its uh, color spectrum. So as, at, as you go into the evening, it becomes warmer and warmer so that it doesn't kick in, um, stopping you from creating melatonin, which helps you go to sleep. Uh, so, let's see if I'm right here. During the day, you're going to be daylight, which yes. is a white light, which is, and we call it daylight because it matches true color outside. That's correct. And what we're used to through the day. As it gets into the afternoon, later into the evening, it starts to warm to bring down your feeling? Yes, so that your, your um, blue light stimulates cortisol and creates great activities. Fantastic in the morning, it's what gets you going. But it harms you at night because it breaks your rhythm. And our body is, is tied to nature. We're tied to the planet, we're tied to the sun. And so if we don't turn it off, and all of us are addicts of, of some type of uh, device, if we don't bring this down uh, a notch. You're awake. You're awake and you can't get a good night's sleep. We're even going as far as creating dark rooms for sleeping so that you black out because of the lights outside. Your, your home could have a street lamp uh, at the end of the driveway flashing in and if you don't have a blackout uh, on it, it'll disturb your sleep. You'll fall asleep, but you won't fall deeply asleep. So you're actually talking a human instinct that we don't recognize because what we do know is what we know, what we do every day, having dinner, maybe a drink before bed, watching TV, the norm, I'm going to call it. But this is natural human instinct. 
which is much like animal instinct, because that's how animals act. It's not like they think and talk like we do, or as intelligent as human beings. Now that's interesting. With this home, what are you trying to accomplish? Like lead status? No, we're gonna we have all the respect in the world for what all the green standards are doing. We're pushing particularly, none of them go as far as we're going on the health aspect. And so we're not after points, we're after result, we're after performance um, for the home. We are developing our own standard for what we think good indoor air needs to be from a VOC level to we'll hopefully talk about radon gas and it's, it's terrible effect on humans to you know the humidity level in the home which is really incredibly important especially now with COVID um, all the scientists pretty much have, have converged on 40 to 60 percent relative humidity as being the level of humidity that is not only good for our respiratory system but COVID doesn't like it it breaks the skin and the membrane, which is very thin, and so it'll keep you safer at that level. We were always going there, but now with COVID, we're saying you got to keep your home in that humidity level, that range. And it's funny because I don't think people pay attention to this, never mind indoor air quality, which we're going to really touch on. But humidity in itself, you know, uh, do you have a humidifier on your furnace? Most people are going to say yes. Do you even know what it looks like? Is the filter clean? Is it actually working? Or do you have your nosebleeds uh, throughout the winter because the furnace is running, which means the air is very dry? These are little things that I like that what you're doing because it's recognition to what we need to be healthy. We don't realize that, 40 to 60, we, should, we want that everywhere. We want it outside, it could change. Yes. We want it inside, especially being at 90% staying indoors. Uh, so that is a definite that we need yeah. to pay attention to. But one little thing, humidity, that people really just don't see, much like the air. They don't see yeah. what's floating around in the air. You've heard me say this a million times. We breathe approximately 18,000 spore counts of mold in one cubic meter of airspace outside every day. And we're trying to match that inside our home. And in most cases, just because of maybe high humidity, we could have mold, more mold spores in the air yes. indoors. Yeah. Little things you've got me curious on now is what type of furnace that you, you are specking for this house. So we're right now looking at the uh, heat pump. Uh, we want to decarbonize the entire house. And uh, we're looking at heat pump technology. We're also seriously evaluating radiant floor heating. Um, and we've got a system that we're playing with and looking at whether we might actually make it a hybrid geothermal system. So we draw some of the energy from the planet that's free, um, if you can get past the capital cost. And we think we found the way of doing it that will be within our budget uh, uh, category. Um, the net result is air blowing around generally isn't good, but we need the air. We need the ventilation. And so we've, after all of our analysis, we're back to um, filtration solutions to try and get the particles out of the air, but we need the air. Radiant heat, we can use solar passive design. We can yeah. use geothermal technology. That's ground temperature to help assist to be in, in energy efficient. The drawback to that is we're not using anything to clean the air. Do you use a standalone air cleaner in that case? Things that I've learned along the way is that, uh, and we'll talk about HVAC for a second, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. 
all that ductwork, we need to look at it like it's the veins of the home. It's the lungs of the yes. home. And that little filter that we don't pay enough attention to on the furnace where the air return goes into the furnace and cycles that air through yeah. the house is supposed to pick up all the spores, dust, pet dander, you name it, skin that comes off our body. Because we don't pay enough attention to that, I now look at the HVAC system and start looking, is this truly what we should be doing? Remember, everything we do is minimum code. And the reason we do that is because it's, it's a starting of a technology of building houses that are supposed to be healthy, environmentally fr friendly, within reason. But everything works at a minimum. When we try to upgrade code, we tend to upgrade code with structure and strength. There is really no upgrade when it comes to a healthy home. We're still using standard drywall. We're still using standard tiles, standard flooring. I can go on and on. And that maybe we're not paying attention to the VOCs or, or uh, and that's a, the off-gassing from different products that are going in the house. One thing I want to say is that uh, we know that parts per million, when it comes to volatile organic compound carpet, furniture, there's more problems with furniture now than I'm seeing than anything because paint companies are paying attention, uh, trying to make it zero VOC, their paints. Uh, flooring companies are paying attention to bring down those VOCs. But when you look at parts per million, and I want your opinion on this, when you look at parts per million based on each product that is allowed to be in your house, with VOCs, what happens if you add them all up? Because it's about one product at a time with allowable limits of VOCs that off-gas from yes. that product. Yes. But when you have, let's say, 20 different products, just as an example, and they all have, let's say, the lowest of minimum a million parts per, per, per a million parts per million again of the VOCs, what happens if there's too many products in your house that contain VOCs? Do they add up? Yes. So See, that's what I thought. Yeah, so they're cumulative. So, you know, and then the, the challenge becomes is that they all add up. There's a score that's a TVOC score, total vo uh, volatile organic compounds that are in place. We're examining technology because we see part of our role is to evaluate what's out there and how can we help people understand the technology with what they're using and we're hoping that this home that we're building in Toronto becomes a living lab for as long as we can keep it because our goal is to sell it and give it to some hopefully worthy person that needs to be in that environment. We need technology. As a building biologist we look to nature as the golden rule. Um, it's the gold standard uh, for us but we're nature by itself because of all the things that we've now introduced um, just can't get us there. We need technology to help us identify when did we get past that level that's acceptable and is that, the, is that, is that gonna be adequate enough for us to do what we need to do? That is a great point. We started off with our 2000 homes and this was the real recognition yeah. that we're building a more airtight home, a more energy efficient home and what happened in that time period, and that was probably 40 years ago, give or take. In that time period, all of a sudden, because we made our homes more airtight, uh, trying to be more energy efficient, to heat it, to cool yeah. it, uh, to not have air leakage inside the house, we created all kinds of, of rules and specs of what we're going to do. Here's what happened. We end up actually putting more mold into the homes because we allowed the ability of mold yeah. growth. 
And I, I think we allowed the ability of more mold growth. And the easy way to see this is, is just really simple. Mold takes two food groups to grow. One, moisture, two, organic. Moisture in the house, if we've got hot, meeting cold in our out, outside wall cavity, which we're yeah. gonna have, because we're trying to keep it on the warm side, but that cavity on the outside will introduce moisture. Yes. Two, the lumber in our homes is now sapwood and not hardwood, or heartwood is what we used to call it, which is old wood, which resists bugs, resists moisture, and resists mold, naturally. Sapwood, it being young wood, will mold within 24 hours. So we've now, paper on the drywall, et cetera, we've introduced in that time period so much mold growth. Now, things that I'm watching along the way as I grow up, why is this molding? Why is this not working? Why, 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 as my mind thinks, I tend to start looking at things like, okay, I understand mold growth now. I really get it, why it's happening and how bad it is. We've done something wrong to our building envelope. I don't want to say we've done something wrong because it was a step in the right direction, but it backfired on us because we didn't really pay attention to the end result, hence the house you're doing. Hopefully you can have studies on it for years to come. Had we have done that at the time, we might have been able to, to, to anticipate or foresee that there was going to be a spike in allergies. There's going to be a spike in asthma, bronchitis, because we're living in an airtight home now with adding VOCs, more mold spores, et cetera, which brings me back to the beginning of what I said, 80% of the homes we're in at 90% of the time have five times more or up to five times more poor air quality. Within code, there's nothing really that states we need to do something about air as a code. It's about structure, it's about the basement, it's about longevity of the home, and that's all it's really about. So I respect you for what you're doing right now. And this is something that's really important to me. There is things we can do. I can probably work with you on this. This episode is brought to you by Improve Canada, Canada's largest home improvement center located in Vaughan. Check out improvecanada.com. One thing I learned in New Orleans, um, we built a home that was a category five hurricane would withstand it. Incredible. We built a home that would not mold, provided they controlled the humidity inside the home, which we did the best to teach them. Uh, but we used nothing but mold resistant products. And again, that's not in code. The biggest thing about this was learning from the first houses, which were phenomenal. These were lead status, uh, lead platinum to be exact. As they continued into this, and a very good friend of mine was in there, uh, being involved in the, the learning, the, the rethinking of what they can do, he found that, and I'm I want to talk to him one day on this, he found that, what, that if we move to a high velocity furnace system, they were terrible before because they were so noisy, people yeah. didn't like them. But in truth, because of the high velocity has so much power, we can now put on a MERV 14 filter on this furnace, which now we filter the air coming in and we filter the air being cycled. And it's powerful enough to actually push through these thick filters and, and not actually reduce the home, but clean the home. His whole goal here was to actually design a home that anyone with not just allergies, but with really uh, asthma or bronchitis 
could move into these houses and within a year not realize that they had asthma or bronchitis anymore because the air was so clean. It was almost like living in a bubble. These are things that we can, we can work on and move forward. I'm assuming you're going there. Yeah, totally agree. And one of my motivations was my daughter, who's 28 years old and is not as bad as she was as a teen, has asthma. And, you know, there's 3 million Canadians with asthma. There's 20-odd million Americans with asthma. And it's a common thing. It's something like 1 in 10 uh, now. And 10% um, roughly have severe asthma where they're only one attack away from being hospitalized uh, on it. So that was one of my driving forces to try and say, what can, what can we do, um, some simple things that we can do to go through it. The MERV technology with standard um, homes and the higher numbers our furnaces can't push them, as you Correct. were saying, in doing it. We want to go one step further, and we want to get into the HEPA, which, which is beyond the MERV 16, and trying to work with manufacturers as to how can we put a HEPA system in. COVID kind of raised the bar that you can no longer be an 8 of 10 on, on uh, air uh, filtration. You've got to now be at the 9, 10 category, because the virus is down to the 0.125 micron level, and HEPA will get to you to 0.3. And so it will allow, if this virus adopts itself to um, a, a droplet or something of that nature, it's going to be fatter and it's gonna go, going to amalgamate and it'll get trapped by the HEPA system. So not perfect, but at least you've got a, a great chance that this virus and maybe the future viruses to come, um, I think the, fet, uh, the HEPA mechanical way of stopping the virus is a really good way to go. I'm not going to argue that. In my home, I have a whole house uh, HEPA filter system that runs um, through my furnace. So it, it not just has a filter in the furnace, which is a MERV 11 filter, which a lot of people don't know that, but it is the higher or thicker part yes. of, uh, that captures more debris in the air. We'll just say it's simple. I have the whole house HEPA filter. And I mean, all we got to do is pull that filter out, clean it every once in a while, put it back in again, and we do that. And I, you know, is my house any good? Like I, I notice even in my home that I tend to have breathing problems. And I think it's because I'm up in mother nature. I have 10 acres, there's lots of trees and possibly something that I'm, yeah. I'm allergic to. I'm working on this myself, trying to mathematically in my own mind, figure out how to help myself, never mind anyone else. Uh, you said something just a second ago that uh, really rang something to me, future viruses. In the past many years, we've started to be more aware of viruses coming out. H, uh, HN1, which one is that again? H1N1? Yeah, H1N1. So HN, H1N1, uh, we knew about that. We knew about SARS. We kn but all of a sudden, how comes the COVID-19 and, and just shuts down the planet? I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't think anyone else has. And is this going to happen again? I'm actually rather positive it is. I'm, I agree with you. And I think, we're, I think we have to rethink things. What, what's wonderful is all the world's scientists and eyes are on this because of how devastating this has been. Everyone's pet project has now become COVID, which is wonderful in terms of doing it. We've, we're learning more and more about the aerialization of this virus and that in fact it travels further than we thought it did uh, in doing it. And there's a biological nature that HEPA won't get you to, which we now need to introduce another technology and there's 
just not enough information out there as to whether these technologies are able to get it. But we will get there. There's enough minds, brilliant people, universities, labs studying it to understand the virus. What we do know, open your windows, you know, dilute it. Dilution is the, the greatest um, way of being able to do it. You know, from a building biology perspective, we have four ways that we approach this. Uh, number one is we eliminate any VOC uh, coming into the home as much as possible by trying to spec materials with low formaldehyde, low VOC content. If we can't eliminate it, as an example, some feature in the garage and the way that it comes into the house, if you've got that indoor-outdoor um, access point from the garage, then we isolate it. We'll air seal um, that area and make sure that we're not getting the off-gassing from your car or anything that you have in the garage. We can't isolate it, then let's ventilate it. Let's get it out of here. Let's, pu let's push it right out uh, because we now know um, that the virus and other particles, if you dilute them, they're less dangerous. And if we can't do that, then we filtrate. You know, talk about irony. I feel so much irony happening right now. And, and let me explain why I'm using that word. More and more today, I'm seeing everyone wear a mask. Smartest thing we could have ever done due to COVID-19. Why we reduce the risk of spittles putting onto someone else and vice versa, getting them back again. We're forgetting about our hands. That's the number one thing. Yeah. What we touch, door handles, keeping these hands clean, don't touch the eyes, don't touch the nose. That's how you introduce the virus to, into your body. The mask seems to turn off a switch inside and we forget about our hands. Now, I don't want to say everyone's doing it. I'm saying the majority is doing it. And you can tell by walking around, watching people play with their mask. They're shopping touching things, playing with their mask. Right away, whatever they're touching, they could pick up the spore, they could pick up uh, uh, the virus, and now bring it, and bring it into their mask system. The more you touch it, the more you play. The mask is a great example of filtration when it comes to your home, because right now it's a personal filtration system of being in the public, which we're actually paying attention to. But we're, we, as soon as we get home, we take that mask off and forget that we still need a filtration system inside the body of our homes. Because now our lungs is the filtration system. It's supposed to be that filter in the furnace. It's supposed to be, if yes. you have a HEPA filter, one of the things I tell everyone right now, and I did this in the story the other day to a, a woman that was just standing there. She's buying a, uh, a, a humidifier. She's telling me she's getting nosebleeds at night. I said, you should also not just buy that because you're going to need it. I can tell there's not a, humi a humidifier in your furnace. But you see this air cleaner right here? It's 100 bucks. You should buy one for every floor of the house and run it 24 hours a day. And just get used to it. Because what that's going to do is be that backup of cleaning the air constantly that we need. Hence what you're talking about. If you can't ventilate it, if, you can, if you've got to close it off, you still need to clean it. The one thing I keep saying over and over again is we don't see what's in the air. But I can tell you there's all kinds of crap in the air. You know there is yeah. and I know there is. And it's something that we need to pay a hell of a lot more attention to because today, right now, everyone's sitting at home and my God, every contractor I know, every window guy, roofing guy, everyone I know cannot keep up with the demand of people that are working on their homes. The one thing they're not doing is filtrating the air. 
They're doing a new kitchen, a new bathroom, a new deck in the backyard, a new roof, new windows. This is what I'm seeing. But we're not paying attention to the actual problem that we face, which is air quality. Yes. And it's a, and it, and it's a challenge. And I experienced it this summer a little bit because I couldn't find cement. Um, it, you know, every store was out of cement in my neighborhood. And so, you know, the amount of dumpsters I see in every sixth or seventh house on my street tells me this is what people are doing. You know, I went the other way and I started to bake. And so that was a little bit cheaper of a, of a, uh, of a direction to go. And I actually brought you something uh, that I'd like to show you if I can. Yes, please. First of all, I got you a, a gift. This is the greatest bread knife in the world. Oh, no way. It looks like an insulation saw. It is. <laughs> it's, it's an insulation saw, but it's the greatest knife in the world. That's a, a bat insulation saw. But you know what? It cuts it so well, it wouldn't surprise me that it cuts bread. There's one better looking than the other, so we'll get the better, we'll get the better one. So I baked this this morning Did for you. Did really? you really? I'm a huge bread fan. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that. I'm a huge bread fan. So you don't have one. Not, uh, you don't have a knife open, do you? No, you can open that knife, and we can just disinfect it. Is there an easier it. way? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, uh, I'd love to see what the crumb of that, that bread looks like. So you made some bread. Is there something healthy about this? Yes, it it's, orga really it's, orga it's organic. Just like the house we're building, uh, everything is organic. So it's sourdough bread. Um, it's actually 72 hours uh, process uh, for doing it. Um, and it helps you with stress. 72 hours, hours for the Levon to, um, I presume it's been plastic. We should be okay. We should be okay. I'll use my shirt. I am a contractor. Yeah. Okay. But that bread knife, now listen to the cut. See, it's like a saw. Oh, it is. I almost want my reciprocating saw. This looks really good. <laughs> this is almost like, I'll use my chop saw. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to bring something even more crazy, but I thought, you know what? We just got to know each other. So <laughs> not yet, not yet. This is, this is too cute. Okay, so, so we'll take a yeah. little piece. Yeah, take a little piece. There you go. And try that. Now, I don't know if you've been hearing my stomach growling and it just <laughs> yeah. made you, you know, pull out your bread. You want to grab a piece? Yeah, sure. We'll just try a little piece there. So this is therapeutic for you. So I, I started in 2019, so I'm not part of the, the complete uh, COVID craziness, but you can't find flour in stores. I know. And, and so that was crazy. Went from toilet paper to hair products, hair coloring, only because nobody could do their hair, to now lumber, concrete, like you said, or cement inside the stores. Uh, windows. My window guy is telling me windows and doors are actually on order for at least six months. Nobody's going to get them. It's, it, it's tough. And as I watched like a neighbor on the other side of the street, I don't know him, um, and his wood got delivered. He's basically putting an addition above his garage um, and thought that this would be better than moving in terms of his expanding family. And I watched while they dropped the trusses on his garden, <laughs> all the two by fours on the grass, and it sat there for a month with rain on top of it. And so now, so now you got, you know, wood shouldn't be by code higher than 19% moisture content. So now you've got all this wonderful virgin wood being... At 100%. At, yeah, at 100%. And, you know, just 
um, only a couple of weeks ago, they, I just I saw them actually put it in actually using it, using it. So I understand people have to move it. They had to get it to the to the to the home, but it's it's unfortunate that that happened because they're starting off on the wrong foot. Absolutely yes, and this is what they do in big house builds. And so you normally new subdivisions, they drop down the lumber, uh, the foundation's going in, it sits in the weather. They don't tarp up the house. I mean, I do. They're not going to do that simply because it costs a lot of money. And it's supposedly allowed to sit there. The house is being built in the outdoor environment anyways. This tends to lead me back to uh, building homes inside. So pre-built homes. Yes. And being delivered and craned in place. They're so controlled. I never did like them at first. I'll be honest. I never did like them. Uh, my problems that I saw was the joining of the rooms, how they did plug and play systems years ago. Today, on the market, bang for the buck is a pre-built home is the best home you can actually get. Now add less VOCs, add a great air cleaning system, add uh, less mold uh, induced products. And now you're, you're actually onto something. That really bothers me, seeing that that would sit there for so long, knowing that it's 100%, knowing that they're gonna put it up and they're not going to reduce that moisture inside the house. There is a code that says they're not supposed to put up the drywall unless the lumber's in the 19%, which you said, you said and that's the outdoor structure. You can't put up the drywall. It's supposed to pull out that moisture out of the wood, but it's so it's such a, a, a piecework assembly line now and I'm talking houses everywhere that it's no longer really but the, paid but attention the home, to. But the homeowner, if his, he or she is educated, it's a $15, $20 probe at Canadian Tire or your local Home Depot or you Lowe's. You can test it yourself. And you can test it yourself. You stick it in um, and you'll get a reading. It's so simple in terms of doing it. Um, the average consumer, maybe we can forgive them and they don't know, but a builder, mass production track builder, Many times I drive by sites and I see it in mud and it's just, it's really un unfortunate. What we're doing inside our home is we're introducing hygroscopic materials that can absorb excess moisture. They're not going to take a fully, you know, wet home uh, that's uh, um, spewing off uh, water vapor like, you know, concrete or something of that nature, but it'll give you that little buffer. And so by adding cork, that absorbs water by adding open clay that's not been... Cork's uh, also sound suppression. Yes. It's also an R value. People don't realize yeah. this. Incredibly environmentally friendly. It grows real fast. The tree's not hurt. Um, and as long as we it's don't farmed. go all crazy for it, you know, because that's not good either. But by having open poor wood, as an example, that's not... Um, uh, there isn't uh, polyurethane on it that it can't breathe, which now makes it functionless. It just has a structure and it maybe looks pretty, but it was also able to control some moisture. And so we're balancing that off. We're trying to figure out what is the right, is it 25% of the surface space, is it 10% of the surface space, just to give you that buffer so that when there's excess moisture, it'll absorb it. And then when it goes dry, it's got something to give back. So Andrew's talking about that layer you're gonna see on the sheathing on the outside of your home. And the outside is supposed to have that water resistant barrier the insides, and it's organic, much like our bodies, we can absorb just like yes. the wood, uh, moisture, everything. We absorb everything through our skin. 
that barrier now is supposed to stop the vapor drive from coming in, much like the vapor barrier on the inside of the home. And there's an argument between the US and Canada when it comes to this, but it doesn't matter. Every time I go back to this, no matter what I look at it, the building envelope is, we've been doing it wrong for years. We need to thermal break the outside of the home. The first thing we need to do, build your structure, thermal break it from the outside, difference between a thermal barrier and thermal break is thermal barrier, bat insulation, vapor barrier system, uh, still allows hot to meet cold. Thermal breaking the outside stops hot from meeting cold. So we stop that very first yes. food group of uh, moisture. That house can be built in the hottest climate or in the coldest climate. And that's what we should be really looking at when it comes to building science, not to mention a healthy home. This bread is incredible, by the Thank way. Thank you. I'm really liking it. Uh, one more thing I really want to talk about is radon gas. This is, again, I don't know how many times I have to film this to let people know the worries that we have. Out of everything we just talked about, radon gas is right up there with really bad stuff we're breathing in every day. It is the number one leading cause of lung cancer besides cigarettes. Number one. And it's all over the planet. Governments don't know what to do about it. Real estate companies don't know what to do about it. It's not that when you buy a new house now, it must have a radon test done on the property. Uh, allowable levels is 200. It's the number on the Becquerel scale of radon gas. One thing I'm gonna tell you at my house. Uh, when I started to learn about radon gases, and that just because it comes from decomposed stone in the ground, radiates through the ground into your home. My house with the 10 acres was in the area of, if I remember, about 110 becquerels. It was pretty low, even though I believe our standards are still kind of a high number, not a I low agree. number. I agree. The house right across the street from me was over 200 becquerels and we had to introduce radon cleaning system, ventilation, ventilation system. And little did I know at the time was that the well across the street, it was five acres, radon's in the water. Until we tested it, I had no idea, which means every time you open the tap inside your home, if there's radon in the water, it will come up and off gas inside the house. It comes with the water and just pours into your house as an air. Who would have thought? We had to put a radon uh, ventilation system on the well. You're working in radon too, aren't you? Yes, yes. We're going to put an active radon system. You can go passive, which just basically means you use physics to create a decompression point and you have the air make its way through the piping system and it's uh, emitted safely uh, and code has requirements for what that means. We're putting a motorized system in which we feel is the right way to go. Now is that an interior weeping system inside the, the home? Yes. Okay, so what, what Andrew's talking about here is this is a, an inside weeping system, it's two in one. So it not only grabs any moisture in the ground on the inside of the home, but it will actually, because it's, it's, it's porous, it will, with little drilled holes yes. in it, it will grab the air, radon, vent it outside of the house 24 hours a day. This should be minimum code in every single home because it is a way of what you said not too long ago to exhaust that air. 
Now, not only will it exhaust radon, it also can help exhaust any other air and create an air movement system within In the Including home. water vapor, which is, which is really another, you know, people don't think water vapor is a, um, a toxin, but it is. You know, done at, at the right level, it's not good. It's not healthy for you. Speaking of radon, a very good friend of mine, David, who I talk to all the time when it comes to radon, he's been on the show. I'm just going to dial him in right now, and he's got some things to say. Thanks, Mike. For those of you listening, my name is David Innes, and I'm director of sales with Radon Environmental. We're a building and environmental science firm that focuses solely on radon. For all your radon needs, please visit us at radoncorp.com. We know David. We love him. We think that he's one of the best in the business in North America, and we look forward to working with David on our house. We need more Davids in the world of yes. what he knows. So little things we could do, and I like this because the house you're doing to test this out is trying to cover all aspects of our discussion right now. And I guess it's going to take people like you and I to not only let the world know what we need to pay attention to, stop with the kitchen, stop with the bathroom, stop with all these rentals without thinking of healthy for your children especially. We tend not to do yeah. it for ourselves. But to maybe work with organizations, uh, big builder companies and governments everywhere for solutions. Because today, COVID-19, man, I'm worried about tomorrow, what's coming. And what can we do about it now in simplicity to help ourselves? First and foremost, a couple of air cleaners inside the house with a HEPA filter, right? You yes. don't have to do the whole HEPA filter house furnace yeah. system, standalone units, put one on each floor, number one. Number two, control the humidity inside your home. Number three, pay attention to the VOCs and the products that are in your house, because that's going to be important. Don't just wear a mask, make it right. You're good, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a, ple it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hopefully See, we will be able to change the world. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I've been doing this 20 years now as a contractor, 40 years, but 20 years on television and I thought I would have changed it really quick. Yeah. And no, people are paying attention. Just it's taken an awful long time. So yeah. we're going to have to keep moving in this direction for that change to yeah. happen. I, ha I have a few simple things that people can do if you think that it would be important to share that they don't have to actually spend any money. Please, I want to hear it. So given everything that we're all locked inside the home, there's some easy things to do. Number one, take your shoes off. There's over, there's hundreds of thousands of bacteria units per square inch under your shoes. Good point. So take your shoes off. You're in your house. You don't know what you've stepped on, where you've gone, what's in place. Don't um, challenge your own immune system uh, with what you have. Open the windows. And if you're buying new windows, make sure that you get windows that are operable, that are easy to open and easy to close, so that you'll want to open them, uh, and open windows at different angles, so you're getting a good cross ventilation coming in. Every morning, I wake up wanting an espresso, uh, but I'm disciplined now. I let my water run for a few minutes, and I let the lead and all the other chemicals that have run inside the pipes all night uh, run out. So just turn on the water tap a couple minutes, um, the water will clear and you'll get fresher water coming out of it and you'll get better espresso uh, with, what you're, with what you're doing. Or do what I did by reverse osmosis water. Yes. I do this all the time. I'm paying attention to my own personal health. Which is, which is great, but for those that don't have it, just running it really works. When you flush the toilet, 
close the lid. This way you don't get any particles jumping up uh, because I, I, I've read a study that it's, it actually goes up two or three feet. So when you're finished with the washroom, yes. close the lid, flush the toilet. That's smart. That's as smart as the shoe thing because I never thought of that. It's when you go from it, like I've been to Africa, I helped with SOS Children's yeah. Villages. And as soon as you're in Africa or you're in a farm territory, whether it's the United States coming back to Canada, first thing they say of you being on a farm because they want to know what you've been walking through. That's a really good point. You can be walking that into your home. Yeah, and as soon as you come home, wash your hands. And so even our home that we're designing in Toronto, we were going to put the main floor washroom on the ground floor before COVID. That was our idea because does a home need five washrooms? But then we thought, with COVID and having wanting to wash your hands, it's got to be the closest to the door as possible. Wash your hands, get it off your hands, shed whatever you've carried, and you'll keep yourself safe. Good point. It's as simple as do not bring contaminated stuff outside of your home, inside your home. Exactly. Quick, simple, nice and easy. Yeah. I like that. Thank yeah. you, Andrew. No problem. You've been, been good. We're going to have to talk a lot more. Yeah. I hope. I hope so. Most people don't want to talk to me, so this is great. <laughs>